Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. In the pursuit of success in America, remember that challenges are mere stepping stones, not roadblocks. Embrace the power of your resilience and perseverance. These are the keys that will unlock the doors to your greatness. Success is not solely measured by financial gains, but by the impact you'll make on other people in the world. Strive every day to leave a positive mark wherever you go, and success will follow. In the very tapestry of America, you can seize opportunity to learn from every culture and background, and yet embrace the richness of our nation's different perspectives, for it is the foundation of innovation and collective strength and individuality and independence. Dream big, set audacious goals that scare you and let your passion drive you. Remember, the journey to success, it's a marathon, never a sprint. Each and every step, no matter how small, will bring you closer to your aspirational ideals. Failures, not setbacks, but lessons. If you embrace them and learn from them, they will propel you forward. Success often arises out of the ashes of adversity. Ask anyone who has made it. Surround yourself with a supportive community, a tribe if you will. Your network will become your net worth. Lift other people as you go and as you climb and together you'll reach new heights. Above all, believe in yourself and your ability to make a difference in the world. You're here to make a difference and you're here on purpose, with a purpose. See, success It's not reserved for only a select few. It's the result of dedication, hard work, relentless pursuit of your dreams, dedication, said twice on purpose, and a belief in yourself and your purpose here on earth. So fellow dreamers and doers, let the American spirit of opportunity and innovation guide you on your path to success. May your journey be as remarkable as the nation that inspires you. If tomorrow all the things were gone I worked for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom Pride in every American heart And it's time
are listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story. You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com. You can find this very podcast on iTunes or Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you download podcasts. Always a live radio program here, but you can share it anywhere around the world from our website, ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast, and it'll be there for you. Let's talk about the art of talking. Speaking of, speaking of talking, the curse of knowledge in the radio industry is that it people think anybody can do it because anybody can talk. Well, people sometimes believe anybody can debate, anybody can speak and engage in public discourse because we can all talk. Everybody can speak for the most part. And yet that curse of knowledge actually creates very bad habits, not just in the radio world, not just there. I notice I've repeated that analogy twice now because you hear so often you hear people that have good ideas but don't know how to articulate them either on air or in life. And that's what I'm hoping to correct right here, the art of talking. These are the ABCs of effective communication as I see the world. First in our ABC series is to be curious. Ask useful questions. Nothing will annoy me more than when I'm in conversation with somebody and they ask me a question which I'd previously just answered if they'd been listening. You know what I'm saying? You're explaining something, you're talking to somebody, you're engaged in something, and then they ask a question that makes it very clear they weren't listening. So we have to be active listeners and then ask useful questions because nobody is so interesting in the world except a curious person. The most interesting people in the world are curious and ask questions and want to know more about you than they want you to know about them. That makes you interesting and will elevate your art of talking. All right, as we move down the list of ABCs of effective communication, be careful with your words. I have to remind myself of this quite often. In fact, I will tell you this because I believe you and I are here in the trust tree. I can tell you this. There are times when I'm engaging in a conversation with somebody that I realize only too late, maybe I was overbearing. Maybe I was making a larger point than necessary or using pointed language that might have been offensive. Tiffany is a great bellwether for me in this. I was talking to a neighbor one time about his Airbnb and the rules with which I would hope he would institute so as to uh, uh, you know, respect the neighbors and the neighborhood relative to his Airbnb and the operation. And Tiffany and I walked away from that conversation. She goes, boy, you were sure rude. I said, I was? I was just telling it like it is. And so sometimes that can come across as being rude or worse yet, ineffective. So this is an art of communicating, an art of talking for effectiveness. So be careful with your words. Select your words carefully. In fact, it's one of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Be careful with your word. Always honor the word. Your words you use matter. So be careful with them. Selective. So move down the list of the ABCs of effective communication here in the Backyard Millionaire. Be complimentary. However, I will put a proviso in here. This is robbed directly from Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Be sincere. Nothing worse than false flattery. I mean, truly. You've received it. You know what it's like. False flattery is nothing. Falls flat. So be complimentary, but sincere. Always sincere from a place of caring and a place of actually having 
the other person's best interest at heart. Make sense? Be complimentary with sincerity. All right, be curious, ask useful questions, be careful with your words, be kind and effective. Be complimentary, but use sincerity. Make sure it's coming from a sincere place. And finally, our ABCs of effective communication, be considerate. That means you'll employ empathy. Consideration isn't not entering a debate or standing up for your rights or standing up for yourself. That's not being considerate. To, to lay down, be walked upon, trampled upon, that's not what I'm talking about. The consideration that I'm talking about is employing empathy, understanding we can go back to the seven habits of highly effective people. Stephen Covey said one of those habits is to first understand, then be understood. People are talking, talking about people. I hear them whisper, you don't believe it now. They think we're lovers, camping the color. I just ignore it, but they keep saying. On the Backyard Millionaire, we're going to be talking about an investor's guide to real estate. Beginner's guide, that is. Plus, I'm, boy, it's just such a chock-a-block full of, I got so much good stuff coming up here. Don't miss a minute, or you truly could miss a million. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Backyard Millionaire. listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story along with Mr. David Webb reminding you starting December 2nd, that's right, starting December 2nd, one day after my birthday, VBS Heating's having a big 10% off sale of anything, big green egg or accessory related solo stoves, Broil King merchandise, and more. All you have to do is tell them Chris' story sent you. That's December 2nd through the 22nd. You know you're going to be getting stuff for Christmas at VBS Heating anyway. Why not just mention Chris' story's name and get 10% off big green egg or accessories, solo stove, broil king, whole nine yards for you, vbsheating.com. Look, how can you as a beginner learn to invest? So I'm going to speak as though you and I are just chatting and I'm gonna assume this is your first investment, even if you already own a home. Think about this through the eyes of an investor, even if you've never purchased an investment property yet. Even if you've purchased maybe five or six or 10 personal homes that you've lived in, just hear this through the eyes or the ears of a beginning real estate investor. The first thing you must do is define yourself as an investor and adopt that moniker, adopt that personality. Take on the traits of an investor by defining yourself as one. And let me give you a hint here. I'm gonna correlate all of this with an action item list. So just first bear with me, this is philosophy first, action items to follow. So the first thing you do is to identify with and define yourself as an investor. Number two, 
act like an investor. See, this is your beginner's guide. So you, like I said, you might have owned one, two, five, ten, or more homes over your years as an adult, or maybe you've never owned one yet. Maybe you've never purchased one home yet, but I'm talking to you as though it could be either way. So you define yourself as an investor and then you begin to act like an investor. That means you have to know people. You have to put yourself in the way of other people that are already doing this. And that can come in the form of reading, listening, watching videos, useful videos, useful listening, useful conversations. Take somebody to lunch. Almost no investor I've ever met would refuse a free lunch. And here's the thing. I think you and I sometimes, we separate ourselves from those ahead of us on the ladder. The ladder of life, the economic ladder, the ladder of status. We separate ourselves to an extent and then we are reluctant to ask. There are a few people in life that for some reason are missing that inhibition. They're missing that, um, they're like th that, that filter that says, oh, I, I don't want to approach them. I, I don't want to. I've met people at conferences. Like one time I was speaking at a conference and somebody just sat down at my, I was sitting there alone having lunch. Somebody sat down and said, can I have lunch with you? Sure, you bet. Just pull up a chair, absolutely. Put my phone down just focused and engaged with them, had a great launch, talked about a lot of things. They had a lot of questions about the presentation I'd made in the morning and were asking about the afternoon presentation. I, just like, wow, it's just so cool. But nobody else wanted to, I mean, maybe other people did, but just didn't feel comfortable. We both, you and I both need to drop the guard. We need to recognize that person over there, that person on air, that person on TV, that person that writes, that person that publishes, that person that owns the company, the corporation, the CEO, the elected official, they're, they're no better than you. They're no better than me. They might be a little bit farther ahead than you and I, but that doesn't mean we can't get into their sphere. Now, there's a lot of people that I really admire that I'll never meet. Some are dead, and I continue to commune with them. I continue to hear them, read them. I continue to think like, hmm, I wonder what this person would do. So that's acting like an investor is getting in the way of investors, learning some of the traits and habits some are good, some are bad. You have to define and distill for yourself. But remember, you've already defined yourself as an investor. Next step is to act like one. And then third is to make decisions constantly that are aiming towards being an investor. In other words, the, some of the decisions are going to guide you towards or away from certain things because guess what? You're an investor and you act like it. So you've defined yourself as an investor, you're acting like an investor, and you're deciding and making decisions to invest every day. Sometimes it's a matter of maybe it's an expenditure that you might otherwise forestall or postpone or cancel simply for the fact that you're saving, actively saving for an investment. So it couldn't get simpler. I like to use the uh, acronym DAD, define, act, decide. Those three things come together. You can always go ask your dad. And then well, wait. Yeah, I'm on fire today with my acronyms. But wait, W-W-A-I-T. Well, wait, what would an investor think? So this is the prescription portion of <laughs> this segment that is, what should you do? What are the tasks that you must do from now on since you've defined and you act, define yourself as an investor, you act like an investor, and you've decided and will make decisions every day to reinforce that, that definition? Well, what would an investor think? Okay. So you've defined yourself as an investor. Please go get some business cards. Get a business card that says your name, your phone number, 
website if you've got it, and your email address, and then it says property investor, real estate investor on it. You can get business, business cards are so cheap now. Go get 50 printed that say your name, real estate investor. Pick a logo if you want to or keep it simple. Just black on white, white on black. Whatever it is that will help you and reinforce your definition of yourself, but also it's something you can hand out as a calling card to a prospective lender, broker, real estate broker, seller, uh, mentor, anybody. You can introduce yourself and you've just legitimized yourself in your mind. You've cemented it in your mind and you've legitimized yourself in the world. Get your business card. Second action item. Open up an investment account. If you don't already, already have one, open an investment savings account separate from your normal savings account. So let's just say you've got 50000 10000 5000 2000 200 in your savings account. Take a portion of it and open a, an investment account right now. That's second action item. And once that investment account is going, you're going to start putting 10%, as simple as 10% of every paycheck or 10% of every windfall, 10% of your money shall go into that investment account from now on. And it'll just continue to grow and it will surprise and shock you how fast it grows. And then just like a ship's wheel, get larger and larger and become the become the, the way you can turn your life around with one finger. You can make one decision to open an investment account and change everything. The third action item is to learn the market. It's kind of a it's a twofold, a threefold prescription here, all in one. Learn the market, get pre-qualified, and look every day. What would an investor do? What would an investor think? They would do that. Learn the market by looking every day, looking online, finding a, a broker, finding a real estate broker you know, like, and trust who can put you on a drip feed, an email campaign that every time something comes up that fits your parameters, it gets emailed to you. You don't have to wait for the other avenues to show it to you like Zillow and those, you can just get it right from the source. So that's something that will help you learn the market. Getting pre-qualified tells you what you can do when you're ready. It may take you a little while to build this investment account. Okay, fine, but get ready. You might have just started a new career. Maybe you're not pre-qualified. Maybe, unfortunately, you had a financial reversal in the not too distant past. No problem, we can work through that. It might take you a few years, but there's a way through it that best could be guided by somebody who knows the market and the mortgage market like a mortgage broker. So get pre-qualified, even if, even if you think you've got no business anytime soon, I don't care. I want you to get pre-qualified. So you've defined yourself as an investor. You act like one. You decide that you are going to invest, meaning you're going to make decisions every day to support that. You're going to get some business cards printed. And don't, don't fret. If you're thinking about logo right now, you're thinking the wrong thing. Don't think about that. I was going to say, all that matters is you're cementing in your mind that you are a real estate investor. And then you're going to open an investment account. And then you're going to learn the market. Every day, you're going to focus on it. Follow the leadership all the way to the top. With your Millionaire Minute, I'm Chris Story. You can manage your way to the middle, no problem. But the only way to the top is by leadership. As you acquire skills and build a portfolio of investments, remember, you're a leader. Maybe a leader of one or two people to start, but before you know it, you'll be leading an entire team. Manage your business, lead your people. Manage your stress, lead people, and inspire them to live their best life. Manage your way to the middle, 
but lead your way all the way to the top. From ILoveHomerAlaska.com, I'm Chris Story. Millionaire Minute is brought to you by Ulmer's Drug and Hardware, your home for health, hardware, and everything else. Helping you live your best life since 1977. From our family to yours, Ulmer's Drug and Hardware. Wilma, I promise you, whatever scum did this, not one man on this force will rest for one minute until he's behind bars. Now let's grab a bite to eat. Yeah, come on. The last time I felt this good, I can't remember when. Listen to the good years roll, humming to the radio. Let it lighten up your load, ain't got no place to go. Watching those fence posts fly. I'm Chris Story, that's Uncle Cracker, and today is Backyard Millionaire, Black Friday. That's right. What do we have on sale? Well, wisdom, ideas, inspiration, I hope. <laughs> that's what's on sale on this very special Black Friday edition of the Backyard Millionaire. A little bit later in the program, we're going to be talking about your personal philosophy and how to develop one, how to create your own personal identity and philosophy. That's exciting to me. I first heard that term by Jim Rohn. By the way, we will have a visit from Jim Rohn also. He'll tell us the things that his father taught him. Very valuable, very worth hearing. But Jim Rohn said that. Do you have a personal philosophy? And he had one for himself. He had a personal philosophy. Think about that. Oh, Aristotle. Now, that's a philosopher. You know, um, Socrates. There's a lot of philosophers. Ah, I, you know, I studied philosophy in school. Great. Good for you. What's yours? What's your personal philosophy that you can look at and measure the world against, measure decisions against? Can you name a philosophy that is yours? We'll talk about that. I'll share mine with you. And maybe, I hope, this would inspire you to take a crack at one yourself if you don't already have one. Plus, we've got some other great things. Quick reminder, um, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. Tiffany and I made a decision. I think I told you this before, but last week, but I'm going to tell you again. We've made a decision to add another dog to our household. We have Tallulah coming a week from today. Very excited. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Also, by the way, at yesterday's Westminster Dog Show, cheated again was the Cavalier King Charles. Uh, she was pulled into the, the the toy group as a winner, you know, the top 10 or whatever, top five out of the category. And then the, um, what do you call them, the judge, which by the way, I mean, it's just one person's opinion, right? I mean, come on. Uh, unless we won, of course, in which case then we'd say, yes, that's an amazing judge. But she she pulled out at, you know, seemingly random. But she had ideas in mind. All the different breeds that she preferred out of that whole batch of the toy breed, the Cavalier was among them. Tiffany and I kind of just held our breath thinking, okay, the Cavalier's going to have their day. Denied. That's okay. That's okay. I don't remember. I think the French Bulldog won. Are you kidding me? They can't even breathe right. French Bulldog? Oh, look, I love a Frenchie. They're fantastic. That's the. If we didn't get Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, we might have gone that way. But I'm just saying, come on, please. If you've ever been around a Cavalier King Charles, it's uh, amazing. December 2nd, next Saturday, December 2nd, mark your calendars. I, Chris Story, will be at the 
the uh, commons at the Homer High School here in Homer, Alaska for the Nutcracker Fair. I'll be manning my own booth from, uh, I don't remember the, the times. You can Google that. But it's Saturday and Sunday. We'll be selling Born to Live, the book, The Watchman, the book, Making of Man, and The Backyard Millionaire. Plus, we've got Backyard Millionaire t-shirts custom printed here in Homer, Alaska, and a few coins. We're going to be selling some of our commemorative coins from over the years. We've got just a handful of the original coin, the second coin, and then this year's Backyard Millionaire coin. We'll just have a few available because um, we're, we're out of the others in stock for the last two, two years, previous coins, and uh, we've got to keep the back stock of our new coin. We only print 100. So we're going to have some of those for sale. I hope to see you at the Nutcracker Fair December 2nd. I'm Chris Story along with Mr. David Webb. Much more to come here on The Backyard Millionaire. You are listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I was just talking to somebody the other day about The Backyard Millionaire book, and, and I said, did you ever get a, a, a cover copy, you know, a paperback of it? And he said, no, I, I've got the audio version. And he said, I've listened to it two times all the way through, and I'm on my third round now. Uh, he does a lot of commuting, and he just loves the way Michael Dukes read the book. Of course, so do I. The audible version of The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got is available at our website, you can just go there at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash books or just click on the books tab once you get to ilovehomeralaska.com and it'll take you right to the audio book from there. Michael does an amazing job. The, the, the funny thing is that people have asked me in the past, why don't you read your own books? I'm like, are you kidding me? Listen to Michael's version of The Backyard Millionaire, The Making a Man or The Watchman and you tell me that I don't know anybody that can do voice character acting better than Michael. So check them all out, available at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash books. Jesse P. Rittenhouse wrote this poem in 1918. Over 100 years later, 105 years later, it, uh, it hits my ear so powerfully. See what you think. I bargained with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store. Life's a just employer, giving you what you ask, but once you've set the wages, why, you must bear the task. I worked for a menial's hire, only to learn dismayed, that any wage I'd asked of life, you see, life would have willingly paid. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June I said that's life That's life And as funny as it may seem Some people get their kicks Stomping on a dream But I don't let it, let it get me down Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. I'm going to share something with you out of my journal. I don't, I've never done this before, actually. I keep a journal. I get them custom printed with my own logo. Like this journal that I'm keeping currently says the Backyard Millionaire, and it's got our gold shovel on the cover. It's just blank. I don't like lines. I don't like my journals to have lines. I like them to be blank. Because then I can draw, I can sketch, I can just write in big, small, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. So I, I've learned to love, over the last number of years, just these blank journals. Anyway, I wrote this this morning, and I kind of instantly thought I'm going to share it with you. 
even though, like I say, it's very private. You know, anybody's journal is usually a very private thing. But here's what I wrote. I said, up at 5 o'clock this morning, and I was listening to, now, while I'm telling you this, I'll just sidebar, I listen to something positive while I'm brewing the coffee. After I've done some calisthenics and then I start brewing the coffee, uh, I like to have something positive going in my ears. Listening to Jim Rohn, live in a, on a living an exceptional life. And then I wrote this little, little side mark. I had a realization. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> oh, come on. Are you serious? It was such a powerful thought. And I think I got to share it with you. And I can't read my writing. In a big ball and <laughs> Me too, Frank. I feel you. I feel it. Okay, I got it. It took me a second. I had to really sit there and think, okay, wait a minute. I had to put myself back in that, that moment. Okay, here it is. This is what I wrote in my journal, and I wanted to share this with you. I said, I have, I realize now that life is rigged in your favor. Life is rigged in your favor. It was a very powerful feeling just to have this moment of this is a game. Life is a game and it is rigged in your favor if you accept that. Like if you just accept that it's a game, that money is just the currency of the game, it's part of the rules of the game. If you just accept that some setbacks, some adversity, some of these things are seemingly rigged if you believe and accept that it's in your favor everything will turn around for you it was uh reading once i got into the library <clears throat> i pulled out my copy of the science of getting rich because i'm reading it from it every day the last quarter of this year as i review this year in life but also as i look forward to next year goals that i want to complete books i want to publish properties i want to invest in um, clients I want to serve and help and improve their life and uh, our team, our ever-growing team here at Story Real Estate. How can I show up more? What can I do to increase their life? Be an inspiration to anybody I come into contact with. I'm reading this book and loving this book. And it just so happens that this book, The Science of Getting Rich, written by Wallace D. Waddles in 1910, happens to correlate with that notion that life is rigged in your favor. If it's going to be rigged, why not believe that it's rigged in your favor and that you're here to win? It's going to be some setbacks, but you're here to win ultimately, and you're here on purpose and with a purpose. You're listening to The Bankyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, where you are with what you've got. So do you have a personal philosophy of your own? Now, I don't believe, I believe that everybody who's created a philosophy from Ayn Rand's objectivism all the way back to Aristotle and Socrates and Plato and beyond. So one of my favorites is actually uh, Heraclitus. Love him. He's not often quoted. You don't. Sometimes you see him quoted, but I've got a couple of books on him because none of his work was left. None of his written work was left or found. What happened is it was people's transcribing 
speeches that they heard from Heraclitus and then just wrote it down and through the years it's been filtered down. But what's your philosophy? Will it have been ascribed one of positive, influential, inspirational? Would it have been a negative, pessimistic? What's your personal philosophy? It's worth thinking about having one and co-opting others and trying to think of it like this. And maybe I'm going to guess, hazard a guess here, that this is the first time on radio or anywhere in life that this has been analogized. But think of your personal philosophy as a Mr. Potato Head. And you're going to add to it. You can add a little Aristotle, add a little Heraclitus, add a little Plato, add a little uh, biblical, add a little your personal foundation, what's made you who you are. Plug and play, cut and paste, and create a philosophy that you could write on the back of a recipe card or a business card, something that's simple. I've put one of my personal philosophies on, a, on these coins, two of the coins. And then uh, a third coin with another piece of my personal philosophy. So I'll just kind of go through them with you one by one. I call this my three by three. And this helps me put it into perspective for myself. And that's that I've categorized people three ways. There are three types of people in the world that I could encounter. You could, you could say there's four, maybe five or ten. I think there's three. I think there are poets among us. I think there are philosophers among us. And I think there are warriors among us. Now, you could be a warrior that leans poet. You could be a warrior that leans philosophy, you, philosopher. You could be a philosopher that can be pushed too far into the warrior camp and vice versa. Any collection of these three. But some people are just full-on artists. They fit in that poet camp. You don't ever want that artist, that pure artist, you don't ever want them to be in charge of your border security. Or, you know, you're your police, right? No, they're wonderful. And we can't live without the art amongst us. I mean, that's what makes life rich and worth living is the artists and the artisans, of course. And philosophers. We need philosophers. We need people to start thinking through things in a different way, especially a post-agrarian society where we have more time. We do have thoughts to ponder. We do have some of these existential questions that can be answered or, you know, get rid of the angst and move towards a solution. But the idea is that a philosopher shouldn't be in charge either of your border or your geopolitical decisions with, you know, you don't send a Neville Chamberlain who was a philosopher to meet with Hitler. No. Now, if they'd send George Patton to go meet with Hitler or Winston Churchill, but no, not, not Neville Chamberlain. He was, a, he was a philosopher, not a warrior. Okay, so that's how I philosophized the world into three categories of types of people. Not one better than another, but just understand who you've got and who's who's in that camp and who you are. Almost more importantly, who are you? But it's a lens with which I can view the world and know who I'm talking to. And there's some, you know, it's like Les Brown used to talk about people like there's cookie people, there's bail money people, there, you know, there's, there's, there's people that he goes, I, I never talk politics with that person, but I can talk sports with him. But I, I love talking uh, about food with that person, but not that, you know what I mean? He had these, this category of, of camps of people. And that's how I see the world, poets, philosophers, and warriors. Okay, here's another philosophy that fits my three by three. Looking forward, that means goal setting in your life, learn from your past, Meaning you're going to look back, you're going to look in the rearview mirror, see where you've been, but you're not going to look there too long because you're living in the present. That's on the back of uh, two of our, our commemorative coins. To look forward, learn from the past, but live in the present. 
And that's powerful. I, that, I bring myself back to reality constantly with that idea. Live in the present. Okay, this may be an adverse time. Live in the present. Be present. Live right here. Can look backwards a little bit. Yeah, I've been I've been through adversity before. It helps to learn from the past so as not to repeat it or to repeat what's worked. But also it helps to remind yourself too that, hey, I've been down a dark road before. There is light ahead. I see it. I can see it. And I can look ahead. I can look forward. But I'm not going to spend all my time there. That's what my whole book, Born to Live, was about. Finding purpose on the road to hope was about that little philosophy. The whole book can be boiled down to looking forward, learn from the past, but remember, the good life is right here in the present. And then as we go through my three-by-three philosophy, the last piece is leverage multiplied by effort equals gold. I apply, I remind myself about this when I'm writing a book. Okay, leverage is the computer and the act of writing and publishing, but it takes effort. I can use the leverage of the internet to sell books around the world, but I've got to put in the effort. And that's where the gold lives. I can buy an investment property using a mortgage, which is the leverage and relationships and knowledge. That's all leverage, but I have to put in effort. It isn't easy. But when I do, that's where the gold lives. What's the world going to be like in five years? Well, a lot like it was five years ago. The difference truly will be you and you as defined by your personal philosophy. You're listening to the Bankyard Millionaire, Chris Story here along with Mr. David Webb. Make it matter coming up, plus a special we're calling today when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. Thinking by Walter Wintle. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, well, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost, for out of the world we find, success begins with your will. It's all in your state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles, you see, don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later, the one who wins is the one who thinks he can. My father taught me way back. Son, always do more than what you get paid for. Now, some individuals might argue with that. They'd say, no, you're going to mess up the whole program. I know they're wrong. In my own self-interest, I did what my father taught me to always do more than I got paid for. Why? To make an investment in my future. Do more than you get paid for to make an investment in your future. And it's paid off for me. If you're wanting that big promotion, are you going to go up to your boss and say, just give it to me? I'll work harder if you just give me that promotion. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to do more in your current position so that you get noticed, so you stand out from everybody else. So the boss says, hey, we've got this position opening up and I think we should give it to Nancy. She does so much more than we expect. Just imagine what she'll do if we give her this promotion. You've got to do more than you're paid for. You've got to. It's an investment in your future. It's one thing to make a sale. I'm telling you, if you make a sale, you'll make a living. 
All of us have found ways to make a living. What got interesting for me early on was to figure out ways to make a fortune. You'd say, well, Mr. Roan, how would I deserve to make a fortune? It's easy. Render fortunes of service. People will do things you cannot believe for people who give them good service. Here's one of the greatest gifts you can give anybody, the gift of attention. In return, they will do extraordinary things for your career, take you by the hand and lead you to more people than you could meet by yourself. Always do more than you get paid for. Life responds to deserve, not need. Life was not designed to give us what we need. Life was designed to give us what we deserve. Once you understand that little life principle in your own self-interest, I'm telling you, it's life-changing. The ancient law does not go like this. If you need, you will reap. No, it doesn't work that way. A lot of people out there are hoping it works that way. But no, it doesn't. The ancient law goes like this. If you plant, you will reap. If you sow, you will reap. Somebody says, well, I really need to reap. Well, then you really need to plant in your own self-interest. Your own self-interest needs to be educated in how to plant, how to do it so everybody wins, because life doesn't respond to need. You can't go to the soil and say, I need a crop. The soil just smiles at you. And here's what the soil says. Don't bring me your need. Bring me some seed. Bring me some effort. Bring me some discipline. Bring me some interest. Bring me some service. Bring me these things and I'll return to you multiplied by two times, five times, ten times. You can't come with need. You've got to come with seed. You've got to come with willingness. You've got to come with skills. You've got to be willing to learn, willing to change, willing to grow, willing to put yourself out, willing to stand up to the bad weather, willing to pull out the weeds, willing to nurture. That's the only way you get a return. Once you understand these principles, self-interest now truly becomes an exciting challenge making sure everybody wins enlightened self-interest makes sure that everybody wins Listening to the backyard millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. That was Jim Rohn, and that's that's a lot of the time who I'll turn to to start my day. I love his voice. I love his approach and philosophy of the world. He's just such a great guy and an incredible storyteller. If you're not familiar with Jim Rohn, 
I highly recommend you get familiar with him. His first book was called The Seasons of Life, and it's one that I turn to fairly often and will quote here uh, fairly often as well. Well, when was the when is the best time to plant a tree? So the saying goes, when was the best time to plant a tree? You know the answer. It was 20 years ago. When's the next best time to plant a tree? Today. When's the best time to make a change in your life? Today. Take a step, just one step. doesn't have to be a giant step, but a step towards a better life today. Your best life awaits you. When? Today. watch that movie in a long time what about you uh, i always want to see it was coming to america but that's not it it was um the jazz singer <laughs> such a great movie i remember seeing it when i was a kid and i didn't care for it as a kid but i remember thinking about it later thinking oh you know what it really was a good movie and just in my mind's eye i can see it back but i really need to see it as an adult i'm going to try that i'm going to check it out maybe over the christmas holiday i'll watch the jazz singer Burton Braley wrote a great little ditty that goes like this. If you want to think bad enough to go out and fight for it, work day and night for it, give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it. If only desire of it makes you quite mad enough never to tire of it, makes you hold all other things tawdry and cheap for it. If life seems all empty and useless without it, and all that you scheme and all that you dream is about it, if gladly you'll sweat for it, fret for it, plan for it, lose all your terror of God or man for it, if you'll simply go after that thing that you want with all your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, confidence, and stern pertinacity, if neither cold, poverty, famished, or gaunt, nor sickness, nor pain of body or brain can turn you away from the thing that you want, if dogged and grim you besiege and beset it, then by God you'll get it. I pay my dues Time after time I've done my sentence I commit no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few I have my shadow sand kicking my face But I've come true know the Christmas season is upon us. Time to help flesh out your friends or family's millionaire library. Make sure that these books are in their library. You can get them anywhere online, 
and make sure you have them in time for Christmas. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Anybody you care about, that should be in their library. Man's Search for Meaning. Also, The Richest Man in Babylon by George C. Clayson. Excellent book. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Dale Carnegie's classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This belongs in every millionaire library. The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth Where You Are with What You've Got. I, I know that guy. Get it. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Also a great book. Another one, you don't hear much from it, but it's called No Excuses. And it is fantastic. Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It's a good one. The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace D. Waddle, and The Art of the Deal, Donald J. Trump. Oh, you don't like Donald Trump? I Get the book. if you want. To, this is what I don't understand about people that say, oh, I can't stand Donald Trump. It's like, well, have you read any of his books? No, well, then read a book or two by Donald J. Trump. And I, I suggest if you're interested at all in real estate or personal development, The Art of the Deal is a good one. Even if you don't like his lifestyle or want to emulate his lifestyle, maybe you don't want to become a billionaire. Maybe you don't want to become somebody who's on the cover of magazines or eventually president, but you can learn a lot from the book. So all those should be in your millionaire library or anybody you care about. Notice how I'm embedding Born to Live and the Backyard Millionaire right in there. Just kind of quietly embedding those two. Oh, I didn't mention Born to Live, did I? Well, now I did. That should be in your millionaire library as well. Well, last thought, final parting thought here before you and I separate for the weekend meet again next Tuesday right here for On Top of the World Radio. Let me just leave this thought with you. Make it matter and it will. Whatever it is in life, if you make it matter, it will. Remember to look forward, learn from your past, and never forget that the good life is lived right here in the present. We'll see you next time.